Coming to you from the greatest city in the world, this is the number one showbiz podcast. It's Talk for Two. Here's your host, Matt Bailey. Thank you, Gary, and thanks as always to our season sponsors, Axtel Expressions and the Tangent Bound Network. Find fantastic podcasts at tangentboundnetwork.com, and all your entertainment needs are at axtel.com. Today, I am joined by my other favorite co-host, Mr. Chris Ortiz. How are you, sir? I'm very good. Thanks for having me, Matt. How are you? Oh, I am so I'm great. After that hell you gave me for calling Hirsch, my favorite (laughs) co-host, I said, okay, we're going to interview you know who, and you have to do it with me. That's just, it's the new rule. Well, I appreciate it very much. Thank you. Good, sir. (laughs) Well, it's the new rule. Anytime we're going to do a remote with Terry and we can all, and everybody can be on it, you're going to co-host unless I'm like in Vegas and we're just sitting down or we're at backstage at a show anytime we're, we're we have terry you have to be involved i love it well and your other co-host did a phenomenal job probably a better job than i did uh so there you go <laughs> no you both do equally and you're a radio guy and he's not he's a theater director so you both have your but he's so knowledgeable about like broadway theater and and he's just he's this encyclopedia yeah. quite literally of 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 broadway stuff really? so you know you both have your strengths and and the uh the questions you have for Terry are so smart because, you know, you followed his career for so long and now we're his friends, which is a weird thing in many ways, but in many ways is, is not. Isn't you know? that crazy how that works? You know, we just both sort of met him and, you know, he just became such a great mentor, a friend of ours. You know, mm-hmm. he's such a, a humble and amazing, you know, teacher, not only to us, but all of those, you know, younger vents, you know, that go see him at a show in Vegas. It's so cool to see. Yeah, I, I said, I'm not sure if I said this. I think I said this in the interview and I said I might cut it out. But it, it, we're in a bit of a tough spot with him when it comes to him because we know that he loves to have the vents at the show. But sometimes I'll get hit up by a vent that, you know, I love them automatically because they're a vent. But it's not like I'm saying, OK, I have a friend who wants to come see the show. They don't know how to get in touch with Terry. They know that we have a line to him. And it always makes me so uncomfortable. So I, I just get in touch with the team member and say, look, what should we do here? And they say, just forward it along. And we deal with them on a case by case basis, because I don't want to seem like I'm pushing and asking on their behalf or on my behalf. But at the same time, I don't want to prevent Terry from doing all that he does for Vance just because somebody's trying to go through me and I don't want to, you know, give the wrong impression to either side. So it's, but it really is great to see what he does. You have to admit too, Matt, from the first time that we went out uh, to see him in Vegas versus, you know, the second time, or excuse me, the first time you went out to go see him in Vegas versus when I went with you, his team is just so loving and they're such like a family too. They really want the best for him. And so they really do whatever they can, you know, to make, make it happen. I think that's the coolest thing ever too. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Uh, it's great. You know, and it's funny because we're doing this and he's texting his memes right now. And, <laughs> and I don't mean to I don't mean to sound like we're bragging, but it is one of those things where I, I'm going to lecture at CACs, uh, probably. Oh, Mark cool. and Mark Daniel and I are working on it. I'm definitely doing an interview. I can't say who the interview is with just yet, but I might be lecturing at CACs. And one of the things that's going to be a component of this lecture is 
establishing long-term relationships uh, that, that are friendships, business relationships, whatever, mm-hmm. and how they kind of just happen and you can't force them. And so when he called me in 2016, just out of the blue uh, and said, you know, can we, you know, want to do an internship again? And I said, yes. And then you came along and we've been in touch with him mutually, both of us ever since, you know, he's such a great person. He is. And, you know, I think, not only us, but his audience, his fans, want to see more of him. And that's what's so great about his new Christmas DVD is that it leaves the fans, you know, wanting more to go see his Christmas show live, you know, in the upcoming years or, you know, get out to see his Vegas show as well. Yeah, it's just it's really cool. And it's a it's a gratitude thing. I never want to, you know, with him, it's it's with them. It's hard to make sure we don't I don't ever ask but he is the most giving person and you'll you'll hear this in the interview mm-hmm. the most giving person you'll ever meet he knows how much i love to entertain kids and you know do shows for them do workshops with them in classes and so again not to brag but he really respects and wants the art to do well and so I have, you know, collected a few puppets that he doesn't use anymore uh, for me to kind of educate and help kids uh, understand, you know, the art and, you know, where it's come from and and where it is today. It's the coolest thing ever, Matt. And I I Mm -hmm. feel honored, as do you, I bet, uh, to just just call him a friend. Exactly. You know, and and there are some projects I want to do with them and with the team, but my mom had good advice. uh, And I think I had to give you this advice Mm -hmm. uh, early on after the internship, which was, yeah, it seems like they're all a family and and they are, you know, that work for him. But you, if you're a friend and you're a friend first, you don't want to work for, for somebody that you call a friend first because if the working part of that relationship goes sour, the whole friendship could go sour. So I think we are in a very good spot where we are lucky enough to be his friend and fortunate enough that he'll come on. It's kind of funny because when we schedule these interviews, we schedule these interviews. I can't text him to schedule the interview. He knows <laughs> nothing. It's BJ, the lovely assistant, Betty Jean Souza, mm-hmm. who is just a sweetheart. And I go, hey, there's a new DVD. We want to talk to him. <laughs> okay, yeah. we'll get you on the schedule. <laughs> well, the guy is so busy. God bless his soul. I mean, he wants to yeah. do everything and talk to everyone, but he just can't. And so that's mm-hmm. another great reason. Uh, it's a, it's another great uh, – I don't even know what I'm trying to say. He's so busy that he has such a great team that allows him, you know, opportunities to to meet his fans, to schedule such great interviews, and really, like I said, wants to represent him in the best way. They are a family. They love each other. Um, Mm -hmm. But when, you know, we were out there last, they said, hey, you know, work is work, and our job is to represent Terry Fader as, you know, the entertainer, and we want to do that in the best way possible. So they, it's so awesome. It's so cool to see. It really, really is. And uh, to that generosity, uh, you the uh, DVD, A Very Terry Christmas, which is out now and will continue to be out even, they're going to sell it through the year. Uh, the portions, the proceeds, the entirety of the profit, the proceeds that they're making uh, goes to the Terry Fader Foundation, which he tells us about a little bit at the top. And I'm so happy that he started his own foundation. 
Isn't that cool? I mean, I know when he started out at the Mirage, he had his own uh, Terry Fader store. Like you actually walked into, I think it was maybe near the Art of Music. I can't remember where it was. I know what it was because you showed me showed me pictures and now I think it is the art of music or no it's a clothing store next door to it it's that it's kind of like concave it's right as you're going towards the hall yeah he had his own store you're you're exactly right yeah and it's so cool you know when he started uh you know selling his merchandise you know I'm sure it had he had his uh he had his resources that he wanted to use you know for things Mm -hmm. after winning and uh getting the mirage deal but now he just has an awesome foundation that goes to so many charities, so many military families, so many families with kids, uh, you know, who are going through a tough time. It's just so cool to see. And I didn't say this in the interview because he knows this, but one of the things, and he'll talk about it when we throw to it, is that one of the charities are, uh, one of the things that benefits are charities that benefit, organizations that benefit 911 operators and their families. And they are a group of people that when you think of first responders, a lot of people unfortunately don't think of 911 operators, but in many ways they are the first first responders. They determine who to send out. They determine what the best course of action is as they're sending the help to keep the situation stable. And a lot of people, it's it's sad to see, don't don't think about that. Like they're just the disembodied voice and don't think about the organizational efforts behind it. And that he does that is very special to me because my mom is actually a director for, uh, she will be in 2019, the director for the third largest city in Pennsylvania, when Allentown comes under Lehigh County. So, absolutely. It's such a, a demanding job, not only, you know, mentally, but physically as well, I bet. And it, you know, I love what he says before he goes into his song, Heroes, Honoring the Military. He goes, this goes out to them, you know, who run towards danger, while the rest of us run in the opposite direction. Because like you said, Matt, you know, some people don't even realize, you know, when mm-hmm. terror happens, you know, people react in numerous ways. And then there's, you know, the heroes that have to go towards that and, you know, protect us. I think it's fantastic. I really do. Well, I think you and I should catch up after this incredible interview with Terry Fader. Terry Fader, welcome right. back for like your zillionth appearance on Talk for Two. How are you, sir? Just great. How are you doing? I'm great. Let me tell you, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. It's still Christmas till January 1st, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> That's right. I wore my Christmas sweater yesterday, so I, I'm allowed until January 1st. That's great. That's great. Well, before we get into talking about this DVD, I want to talk about the place that it represents, the thing that the uh, the money is going towards, and that's the Terry Fader Foundation. Tell our listeners a little bit about the foundation for those that uh, don't already know. You know, I started out um, many, many years ago donating all the uh, the proceeds of of all of my sales to to only military charities, and um, we started the Terry Fader Foundation last year in 2017, and uh, we we really expanded to uh, become much more uh, to have much more impact on the community. Um, Still, our focus is military charities, and and we've added first responder charities as well, mm-hmm. so uh, firefighters, police officers, things like that. And we've also branched out to start working with uh, you know children who have uh, really bad or terminal illnesses or 
cancer and, um, and, you know, kids who are blind, the Nevada Blind Children's Association, things like that. So we've really kind of expanded to, uh, to be a much more uh, wide, broad uh, charity that helps a lot of people. But we still have a, a very, very large focus on, on military. So That's awesome. And I think, too, Terry, that really shows, like, your character as, as a human being, as busy as you are, because you are one busy guy. <laughs> Well, that's nice. That's very nice. You know, I, I've, I've always said that it's just, I'm just not interested in becoming uh, the richest man in the world. I'm just, uh, my focus and interest is to, um, is to just be comfortable and be able to take care of my wife and the rest, uh, the rest can go to charity. I'm not, I'm just not interested in, I don't care about being uh, <laughs> known as a really rich guy. Yeah. I just, you know, I just Absolutely. want to be comfortable. That's all. So. Yeah, and you invest in yourself, and you invest in your uh, talents, and in the shows, and in what you believe. And I think that is uh, obvious because a very Terry Christmas, the new DVD that the proceeds go towards the Terry Fader Foundation, was completely an in-house production, which I think is just awesome. Yes, it was. It was something that we said. You know, um, the the purpose of that is I looked at it and I said, look, you know, I could I could do this and I could I could spend a lot of money, but that's just money that won't go to the foundation. So Mm -hmm. uh, so what we did was we just bought ourselves some uh, a few cameras and and uh, Pete Mitchell, my my good friend and uh, co-writer and he directed and did the uh, cinematography and editing and kind of did everything. And he's on he's on salary for me. So it was all part of his salary. So it really saves us a lot of money and allows much, much more to go uh, to the, uh, to the foundation. I have to ask, uh, the cinematography was awesome, especially on the Blu-ray version. Uh, do you know what cameras you guys use to shoot the DVD? Yeah, there's one of them that I bought. That's a, uh, I did a lot of research to find what people were using. So the, the static shot was a, uh, was a 4k camera that is used by a lot of news organizations when they travel out and do um and do remote uh remote stories and things and so i wanted to get the best i could you know it wasn't like didn't break the bank or anything it wasn't a professional but it was a semi-professional and the rest of them if i'm not mistaken are gopro 4k gopros so um and then he he also had a, a drone i don't think he only used the drone in one or two shots but uh um and he used a drone for those sweeping shots yeah <laughs> It still looks so cool. What? Thanks. Can you tell us what the timeline was for filming it and getting out? Is this, did you film during the shows last year or did you plop a Christmas show in the middle of your season this year to get it on tape? What's the, where did you film like within the year? How did that work for you? We filmed uh, right there at the Mirage last year for the last, I think, four Christmas shows that we did. Okay. And, um, and we just had, and then for a lot of them, we would, uh, we would do makeup shots. Like if he said, Oh, you know, I didn't get a, I didn't get a good shot here and I don't want to be blocking the audience. So I would redo uh, some of the stuff with an audience and just have it. So and he, yeah, I think he did a flawless job editing all that. And uh, so that way we didn't, you know, again, we didn't want to, uh, to do anything that was going to take away from, uh, from the money that we can donate. Mm-hmm. So we didn't want to have to have to spend a lot of money to, to do it during the summer. So we just, uh, 
we just did it. We're planning on doing uh, another, doing the road show this year the same way. We'll have Pete come on the road for a couple of shows, uh, set up some cameras, and then and then we'll we'll have another DVD in the next year or two oh, of my road awesome. show. That is really sweet. What uh, if this is a rude question? I apologize, but it came out pretty late in the Christmas season. Uh, is there anything that held up in the editing process with you guys doing it yourself, or did you just, or was it a decision to kind of release it in the middle of of December? No, our goal was to release it early and have it, <laughs> but you know, it's just much harder to do than you really think. And a lot of it was, you know, we had to get the rights to songs, and we were waiting for people to uh, uh, to give us the the go or the rights and it was just a, a massive laborious process to get everything done and then get it and then you know they sent us one that had a couple of mistakes you know had there no not been any mistakes it could have we probably could have gotten it at the beginning of the uh, christmas show but they had to re-edit those mistakes and then we had to, you know so it was just one of those things but we felt like that uh, that uh, better late than never exactly and <laughs> exactly and that's why i wanted to do this push between this is going to air on new year's eve uh i wanted to do this push as we head into 2019 because it is such a great cause uh chris jump in here anytime please i <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know it's it's fine um what's so cool terry what i've noticed from your you know when you first started in vegas to now you've added so much music so many more jokes and it seems like I know when I interned with you last, it seems like a puppet was only on stage for about two, three minutes, and then you're already on to a next puppet. What is, how do you keep it all straight? And, you know, how do you develop such great quality characters? Well, you know, that was um, something that we've kind of been moving toward, and I'm going to continue doing that because I think it just makes the show flow so much better. Mm -hmm. uh, I counted, I think we did 22 puppets in this year's 90 minute Christmas show live uh, this year. Wow. So I added the Justin Bieber with the Dolly and the, and the, uh, and the Ozzy. And, um, and so I think that whenever I do my show for my 10th anniversary show, and we're going to be rewriting the Mirage show, uh, I'm going to pretty much do the same thing because I'm adding five new characters to the show. Wow. Uh, and we want to just have things flow and go. A lot of times, maybe a puppet might just come out and sing a song and then go and then you know we, that way it's it flows so so well i want people when they're watching my show to say when the show's over to go that wasn't 90 minutes there's no way you know <laughs> i don't want people looking at their watch going oh my god when is this thing going to be over you know and and i think we've all been at those shows where we kind of do that you know we start yawning and we're saying you know and i want this show to just bang 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 and that's really what the christmas show did it flowed and and it flowed w really well and and actually a lot of it was pete's good editing um, and as far as creating characters, um, you know, I just create characters that I, that are interesting to me mm -hmm. and I'm middle America, you know, I was raised in, in, uh, I was born and raised in Dallas, Texas. Uh, I know what it's like to just, to be one of those, uh, do we call them flyover states because you got New York and, and LA and all those states you fly over in order to get from New York to LA or vice versa. Um, you, you know, those are flyover states and I'm from the flyover states and a lot of people just miss that. A lot of people just don't understand. Um, a lot of people just don't understand that that's that that's really important to be able to focus on those people. And and that's what I do. I try to think of something that's interesting to me since I'm from Middle America, uh, and and it just translates. And people, but really, you always have to be true to yourself. So regardless of of whether or not people find what you do, you know. Uh, 
interesting or whatever. If it's interesting to you, that's really the most important thing. And I've found in my career that if you, as long as you're true to yourself and you do something that's truly, truly interesting to you, you're going to be fine. Uh, you're going to be just fine. And people are going to find that interesting. Uh, I'm, people are going to find an interest in it is what I should say. Yeah. I have to say, you were talking about the pacing of the show and I want to say this, Chris, you saw it in the DVD, but I actually saw mm -hmm. it, uh, in May at the Mirage, uh, and it stopped me in my tracks because I've seen your show through interning with you twice. I've seen your show at the theater probably 12 or 14 times. And I know what a wonderful world. Oh yes. And I'm trying to get out of my seat to go and like, just say hi as you're leaving. And then you don't leave the stage and you start this song. I think it's called the prayer is what it's called. And you knocked me back into my seat because Holy cow, the song you end with now is just amazing. And it, it's so beautiful. It's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. And, you know, um, I, I learned that last year, uh, I think it was 26. When, when did Darcy win? Did she win? She won in 2017. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I, I learned it about in June of uh, 2017 because uh, I, had I had talked to Darcy Lynn and I said, you know, I'm sure they're going to want to have us perform together. And I think if we do this, you, you do the Celine part and I do the uh, Bocelli part. I said, we're going to just, this is going to be massive. People are all over the world. And I don't think Darcy ever learned it. And I don't think, uh, and I think the, uh, America's Got Talent just nixed it. They said, no, we don't want that. It's too, you know, it's too, too uh, somber. We want something more upbeat. And I was like, well, I already learned the song, so I'm going to put it in my show. And then right about that time, uh, we had the shooting in, in Las Vegas, you know, the big, uh, on October 1st. And, and it just, I mean, we were just, uh, it was kind of our nine 11. It was just, uh, everyone was just so beyond, um, we were numb. We didn't know we were like zombies, you know, trying to figure out how, how do we recover from this? And I put it in and don't, and dedicated it to, um, to those who had lost their lives and to those who had uh, sacrificed themselves and to those who had um, gone in and put themselves in harm's way to, to help people. And man, the crowd just went crazy and loved it. I mean, they absolutely loved it. A lot of people were just in tears and, and I, there was, it was an interesting energy. You said, you know, it knocked you back into your seat. And w one thing that I absolutely love about it and I kept it in and I just said, you know, this is going to be my ending from now on is that I, I want people to leave my show going, what just happened? Yeah, yeah. What, what I don't, I, what in the world just happened? I, that was the last thing I expected. And to me, you know, a comedy show is great. And I, and you know, you go in, you laugh, 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 haha, that's it. We're done. You walk away and, and you go, wow, that was a lot of fun. But if, if you can, if you can do a show and that's my goal is to do a show that takes you on a roller coaster of emotions, takes you to this high to where you're laughing. You're really laughing so much that your, your sides hurt and your, and your mouth hurts and your, you know, because you just laugh so much. And then it takes you to a point where you, where it brings a tear to your eye and you go, Oh my gosh, to me, that's the perfect show. And that's really what my goal is, is to create this show that takes everyone so that they leave emotionally exhausted, but yet on a high. And, uh, and that's, a, that's a trick. It's something I've worked at my whole life, uh, as an entertainer. It's beautiful. And you can definitely tell that just by watching the show. I mean, you work so hard and yet you make it seem so flawless and like you're not even working at all. I mean, because as Pete said in the commentary on your DVD, you know, you're doing the puppet, you know, you're um, doing impressions, you're doing ventriloquism all at the same time and you make it look so simple. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's the best. You know, if you can make what you're doing look easy, uh, you're doing it right. 
Yeah, it's great. That pin on your jacket in that DVD, what, what is that? That looks so cool. Is that a, a, a tribute to anything, or is that just a, a decorative thing? I thought maybe there might That be was just a really cool gift that, that my beautiful wife Angie gave to me. It was, uh, she, it was I, I want to say it was, a, it was a birthday present, but it may have just been, you know, we, are, we have this, like, crazy um, a relationship where we just give each other gifts. It could have been, it could have just been a gift uh, because, because, you know, there are many times that we just kind of show up and go, I got you, I got you something, you know, but that was Angie. She, oh. she bought that for me. Oh, that's so sweet. Speaking of that, what are some uh, family Christmas and now we're headed into New Year's, New Year's traditions for you both? What's that? Uh, oh, do- oh, what are our, what are our traditions? Yes. Oh, um, you know, our, our tradition is uh, really just to spend time together. Um, we don't we we don't open presents until Christmas morning, and and it was so funny because we got so busy, uh, we couldn't even open our presents until yesterday. So Christmas <laughs> Day was, oh my gosh, I had to get up. I went and I sang the prayer, uh, and I moved my lips. By the way, at church, um, at our church, uh, Angie and our Catholics, and we went to our our mass, and uh, and I I sang the prayer. And then we went to a brunch that was uh, sponsored. You know, well, actually, we were invited by my COO Vince. You know Vince. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you both know Vince. And then um, we got home, and Tony Orlando. I don't know if you know who that is. Oh, He's yes. a, uh, a very famous entertainer from the seventies. Uh, still very popular today. In fact, um, Tony Orlando and his family came over to the house, <laughs> and uh, and we spent the evening together. And then um, and then I met with Chris Angel and Tony Orlando, who are very dear friends of mine, and we. Uh, and we hung out until the show, and then we hung out until about 11 o'clock. And so we got home. We were so tired. We didn't open presents. So we, we opened presents yesterday morning, which was the 26th. And uh, so, But, you know, as far as traditions, I, I think our, our biggest tradition is that my wife and I, Angie and I, love to watch Christmas movies. And whether they're the, you know, Elf and It's a Wonderful Life or we love the Hallmark Christmas movies. Mm-hmm. And we, are, we only have like 10 left to get all 38 of them. But we have them all taped, and we're, we're going to do it. Uh, it just got too busy the last week or two that we couldn't. We were keeping up really well for the first part of it, and we got so busy that we had to start missing them. But we got them all taped, and we're gonna we're gonna do it. We're gonna watch all thirty eight new Hallmark Christmas movies. <laughs> you two become more adorable <laughs> by the day. It's just <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm you know if if you ask me, uh, you, there's only one type of movie that you could ever watch the rest of your life, and the rest of them you can never. It would definitely be a romantic comedy. I love romance. I love romantic. Uh, I would miss, you know, my Marvel and my and my um, uh, big action movies. But if I had to choose uh, one, it would have to be romance. I love it, and I cry every time at the end when they kiss. Every single time I cry. I'm little. I like a little girl. I'm. I can't help it. But uh, but and and our New Year's traditions are very boring. Um, I don't like to. I don't like partying. I'm not a partier. Don't drink much. You know, I drink socially. I might have a glass of wine, but I do not drink. Don't get drunk. And so, you know, we never go out. Uh, we did go to Disneyland last year, which was a lot of fun. Oh, neat. Uh, this year, this year we're just going to, we, you know, Angie and I really like to just lay in bed and watch uh, the ball drop and, and watch, uh, you know, movies. And, and that's really all. And this year we're bringing our family, we're meeting our family in Orlando and a big crew about, about 14. And we're all going to just hang out for, uh, for New Year's. And then we're going to go to Disney World for the uh, rest of the week. So oh, it's going to be a great New Year's. I did see fun. Some Instagram posts from Ben Harris, your opening act and uh, stage help throughout the show. And you guys had a staff Christmas party, didn't you? Yes, we do. 
we have a Christmas party here at our house and you've been to our house. We have a magnificent home. Yeah. Uh, thanks to the turtle, the, uh, <laughs> the impersonating turtle. I give him all credit for, for the home that I live in. Um, and we, uh, and, and it was really cool this year because last year we had it catered and it was good. And Angie, who, and those of you who, who do not know my wife, Angie, I met her through, I hired her to cater an event. She's a caterer or she was. And she said last year, she goes, I'm, I'm catering our, our party this year. And she knocked it out of the park. Everyone, uh, she, it was incredible. And our, mm-hmm. our Christmas decorations are off the chain amazing. Um, and we're going to be getting some photos of that. We were going to do it today, but I, I kind of have a little bit of a cold. And so I'm actually doing this uh, interview from my bed. I said, I'm not getting out of my pajamas. I'm going to lay in bed all day hey, trying to get over this little cold I have. PlayStation, so that's fine. <laughs> and DJ said you <laughs> yeah. might not feel well. So hope you feel better. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, and I, I'm still waiting. Next time we visit, I'm still waiting for Angie's famous. What what is it? Chicken pot pie that she does that is just oh my gosh, yes. Oh, her chicken pot pie is so freaking good. I gotta say though that the a close second, and even she agrees with this, is, is on Wednesdays Cracker Barrel has chicken pot pie, and it's really good. Mm-hmm. So if you have a Cracker Barrel anywhere nearby, go there, and that's that's about as close as you're gonna get to to Angie's. But boy, Angie's is amazing, and she finally made her lemon bars. Mm-hmm. Um, for the party, and, she, and people have been telling me, "Oh my God, has she made her lemon bars?" And she finally did. And I'm telling you, I probably had ten of them, and I had several people from the party that said they stole like five or ten of them and took them home. And uh, like Vince said, he just ate the last one yesterday, and the party was over a week ago. <laughs> so he said, "He said I've been eating little nibbles every day, and uh, you know, so they were they were freaking amazing." Angie is one incredible cook. I bet. I'm- well, <laughs> you alluded that we've been to our house, that we you've been to we that you have you alluded that we have been to your house. Well, you could tell I didn't get up till noon. <laughs> and uh, you have been such a good friend to both of us. And Chris, you have a story. I, I'm cueing you to tell us because oh gosh, just yeah, go ahead because it's crazy. So when I was ten, met Terry at the Iowa State Fair mm-hmm. and fell in love. I'm not kidding you, Terry. With one of his puppets called Andy, and I found a Christmas note that I had written in terrible cursive handwriting <laughs> to Santa asking for this puppet. And um, thankfully, uh, Terry displays all of his uh, older puppets in his dressing room, which is a nice little homage, I think. And uh, I ever told him if he wanted to retire him, and uh, I'd be glad to you know, use him for uh, education for kids and you know put him in my show and uh i got him i think about a month or two ago and uh i'm just so thankful for that terry you have no idea i know he's just (laughs) but uh holy crap i that was so awesome (laughs) so it only took santa a few years to get him to you but he didn't finally get him to you (laughs) he heard yeah the magic of christmas indeed and then terry you did something for me which i will never forget as long as I, I live and I'm indebted to you for doing this. When I had my heart surgery in June, you had your team, you wrote something and then your social media team posted up about prayers for me for the, the heart surgery. And I'm literally laying awake at night, the night before when you had posted this and I, cause I didn't go to sleep. Like I had to, I had a routine I had to do so I couldn't sleep. And I was, I was reading it. And it just, it brought a tear to my eye to see all these hundreds of people who had no clue who I was just, you know, wishing me well and sending their prayers and that you would do that was just such a a thrill. 
and an honor to have had that done. And it just, uh, it, it'll stick with me for forever. And I thank you for, uh, for that. Yeah. You're very welcome. You know, I, I got to tell you, um, I, I have achieved a level of success that very few people, as far as physically with my, with my uh, talent and my art, that very few people will ever attain. But I got to say, I, I do not judge my success as a person on any of that. That's nothing. That means nothing to me. What does mean something to me and how I feel everyone can be a su- as successful as I am or, or uh, even more is your impact that you have on other people. And if you can... If you can make the world a better place for those around you, then you are a true success in life. And I got to tell you, you know, um, I'm, I'm 53 years old and it's weird because when you start reaching, you guys are young, but when you start reaching a certain age, it's, it's amazing the acceleration of people that you know that are passing away. Mm-hmm. And I can't, you know, I, I have, I, I've, I lost about six people this year wow. and uh, friends of mine that I've known. And, and, uh, you know, it's amazing how it gives you such a perspective and you realize that fame and fortune, uh, it does not stay with you uh, after death, but the, the impact you make on, on uh, to make the world a better place and to help people and to make people better people through your actions that's what stays with you that's eternal and that, and i it, i would just never forget that and it's not you know I, I i love the um the fame i love the money but you know like i said the money i give most of it away because it just not it, it just i'm no i have no interest in being known as the richest guy in the world i couldn't care less about it i just want to be comfortable and i want to make sure and help people and and do and do good and, uh, and really that's, you know, you just, that's, that to me is the, is the measure of success is the impact you're having on others. One cool thing that I think you do, Terry, is whenever there's a, a kid or another fellow ventriloquist in your audience, it, you invite them in your dressing room. And I think that's the coolest thing. Yeah, I do. And I, I just want to be, you know, I, I want to, uh, to encourage anybody, you know, and everybody I'm, I'm not, uh, sometimes I don't have as much time as I would like, uh, because I'm just very, very busy, you know, and there's only one of me and I can only, <laughs> you know, I don't, uh, it, uh, even though it looks like there's a lot of people on stage, it's just me, you know? And, um, and so, so I, but I do my best to give as, as much to give what I can to, uh, time wise to, yeah. to people to help encourage. You have a team that really supports you in doing that which is wonderful. Yeah, I do. And I do. I have a team that, and you know, and they know also know my schedule and know if I'm not feeling well or something. And you know, the, the show comes first and, and, uh, if I'm, I'm, I may be a little under the weather and I still have to do the show. And that's when sometimes I just can't, I had to cancel meet and greets for about a month because I just got really, really sick and I was trying to uh, recover. And, uh, you know, uh, and I, I hate doing that because I know it's important, but really the thing is I've got to make sure I do the show. So that's really the only time is, if I'm either just too freaking busy or if I'm, if I'm not feeling well, there's, uh, I will always try to make time to say hi and, and uh, get a picture and stuff. That's, wonderful. That's awesome. Well, I was, uh, I think this whole message of giving and love and, uh, just wanting to leave your mark and, and do the best for the world that you can. I think a very cherry Christmas is a wonderful example of that, that I hope people, even though Christmas and the Christmas season is coming to a close, this is a DVD that everybody can enjoy in your family. Uh, and I hope everybody goes out and gets this because, uh, even if you shelve it till next year, you're supporting a good cause right now. Terry Fader and honor. Thank you. I always have a big, big smile on my face, uh, after we talk to him, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He's just so happy all the time and and it's so, you know, so content with himself and so content to just 
I don't want it. You guys go. We got to benefit the world. We got to leave it a better place than how we found it. So, Mr. Chris Ortiz, what's your New Year's resolution? My New Year's resolution is, well, my employer has a free gym membership. <laughs> and so <laughs> lose this Graceland weight that I gained. Uh, but mm-hmm. also, just more importantly, get my name out there more. Uh, I've started uploading videos of my puppets. And so, you know, just kind of hopefully doing more shows and, and educating more kids in the best way that I can. How about you? Oh, it's interesting you say you gain because I gained too, but I lost in college oh, because yeah. my body wasn't used to all that walking around. But after my heart surgery, which we, we talked about, I actually, and I think it has to do with, uh, this might sound like I'm putting my foot in my mouth because I don't know what I'm talking about. But after my surgery, I kind of ballooned up. And I think it has to do with how much water that catheter sucks <laughs> out of you. And then your body is just dying for fat and dying for, and just starved of so many things. And so you kind of a little bit so i'm trying to get back into some shape uh because right now i am in a shape but not the shape i was in college amen to that amen you know but ever since you graduated chris i have to say i have seen you grow into your love of radio and your love of doing it and that you get to do it at a local station and actually if you if our audience noticed uh, some edits you actually had to go deal with a technical glitch because you're recording this at the station but it's okay you have permission <laughs> and uh so i'm just so proud of you and so proud to see what you're doing well i have to thank you for allowing me to you know come on this wonderful podcast that you call and uh oh. it's you know you've you've helped me a lot on the way you've helped me grow uh as a as a artist and as you know a great human being as well. And, you know, I thank you for that. Um, but yeah, radio, radio's chaotic, isn't it though? I mean, <laughs> it, it is. And you had more of an infrastructure and I've always been open with this. I have the experience as the secretary of, of our radio station and that was fine. You know, that was great. Uh, but the truth is you actually had a better infrastructure with the way your radio station was run. And even the president of the radio station will tell you this. <clears throat> that other colleges have better run mm-hmm. situations. And so you know, take, give me credit. Don't give me credit. I may or may not take it. That's weird because it really is mostly all you and finding it and deciding, Hey, this is what I'm going to do. And being dedicated to your station as well in college and where it led you. And rural America is really still where the heart of radio is. And it's often what I think about when I'm producing from this big city <laughs> That, you know, really the heart of all of this and where even just podcasting comes from is this is radio and it's so still thriving in, you know, states like Iowa. And it's so cool to see you in a position like that. It's so fun to tell people, Matt. Uh, I work for one of the top, I think, three or four radio stations in Des Moines. And uh, oftentimes they think I just work at that one. Um, But I'm actually employed by the Des Moines Radio Group, which actually owns nine different radio stations. And Mm -hmm. so I work with, um, uh, I don't work with every single one of them, but I work with about a good three, four, five, six on the daily. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it definitely keeps me busy on my toes, but I am, I'm so grateful, you know, that I got to intern at this place and then, you know, fortunately got a part-time job and now I'm full-time and I'm insured. I'm adulting. Yay. (laughs) Woo. Do you have, uh, do you have your own show? 
it's I'm yeah. <laughs> you have your own. Sh- you have shifts, right? Yeah, I'm on air uh, mostly on weekends uh, from two to six on Saturdays, and Sundays five to six. Um, but really, anytime if someone's out sick or they're on vacation, a lot of the times uh, they'll ask and say, "Hey, Chris, you know, can you, you know, be this person from ten to three or whatever?" And you know, I'm more than happy to help them out. So that's great. That's awesome. The uh, and I know that you're working on some stuff for New Year's Day. Shocker! Everything's recorded on New Year's. You're tracking for it. So where will people be able to hear you on New Year's Day, which is tomorrow, as of this airing? We're going to throw this up on New Year's e- on New Year's Eve. You can check me out. Uh, I'm on 93.3 KIOA from 6 a.m. to noon. KIOA.com to listen to that. And then I'm also on Star 102.5. Uh, there are more of the upbeat uh, today's hits. And Star1025.com, I'll be on from noon to 6 p.m. So I'm on 12 hours a day. Woohoo! <laughs> that is great. I'm so proud of you. And uh, I'm so proud to know you and uh, call you a friend. I have an ear of corn as the emoji in your name for Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, perfect. Because I love it. I use, I'm a very visual person, so I use uh, emojis in people's names. And so every time I see that, I think of you doing these radios for that state and uh, going going all over and uh, your voice being heard all over. And I'm so proud of that. So proud to have seen you uh, grow into that. So that's really, really cool that you're on 12 hours a day. That's really great. Thank you. And, you know, I, I'd love, you know, to maybe start a podcast someday on my own or, you know, a talk show, maybe be even on a morning show. Who knows? But, um, you know, you starting from Ventriloquism Weekly to, you know, talk for two, interviewing, you know, big names like um, uh, Bob Barker and uh, <laughs> and uh, it is Barker, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. I'm just laughing because I'm thinking about it. And, and I'm thinking about Nathan. I think it's Nathan Lee, right? Yeah, that was a press event. That was really cool. And really, Terry is the link to all of that. He's the one who said, who showed me that getting a celebrity is is not as difficult as you would initially think it should be because there's really no such thing as celebrity. There's only what we, you know, a person isn't a celebrity as a part of their identity. They become a celebrity because the mass populace enjoys their work and they become known. Sure, they get to live a certain lifestyle, but they're still a person. So being able to talk to them is is not is not, you know, a, a, as much of a laborious task or an impossible task as one might think. And Terry was the first person to, to show us that. I'm going to be honest here, Matt. Uh, you remember when I first met you and we were kind of talking about Terry and then you did the internship and then you're like, oh, yes, this- I know you hated me for a little bit. I know I'm aware. Well, no, not that time, but the time <laughs> where the time where I was a little hesitant to, I mean, really even talk to him uh, because I had been so much out of contact for him. I, right. It, it has been, it was such a long time since I've talked to him. Uh, you know, I didn't know if that relationship was still there. I didn't know. I, and honestly, like I was a little, uh, intimidated myself. I mean, as you know, I met him, you know, when no one knew him and now he's in Las Vegas. So I was always, I think, starstruck by him. <laughs> right. And I think what you just pointed out is exactly what I'm saying. Fame isn't a person. Right. A person isn't fame. Fame happens to a person. And then we start to think, oh, no, they're unapproachable. You can't do it. You know, blah, blah, blah. 
and once we get past that, and I think by now you're past that because, you know. <laughs> Been to the man's but, house. <laughs> and didn't you go back in 2017? Didn't you do another internship your senior year? I did, yeah. That was for about, yeah. I think, a week or two. No, it was just a week. Um, mm-hmm. But I was on my own. I, you know, was stuck up in the Mirage Hotel and helping out with his show, and it was just so oh, cool. Oh, stuck. Stuck. Yeah, I would love to be stuck in the Mirage. <laughs> <laughs> you were stuck in the Mirage. I was. I was. <laughs> um, I think, all totaled, I've, I've stayed about a month's worth of time in the Mirage, if you can believe that, between the amount of times I've been to Vegas. Yeah. So... And you're not far behind. Well, I think that's it. We've caught up. We've had fun. We talked to Terry. We've talked about Terry. You know, it's funny because we can still talk about him and talk about our admiration for him. And at the end of the day, him still be a friend. I will close by saying this. People, if you think you know the... the, uh, And this is something that we're fortunate to know and don't want to give too much away, but if you think you know the extent of the generosity of Terry Fader, you don't. Okay? There's so much more that he doesn't talk about, probably even to his friends, um, let alone the public. This man is somebody who is, should be, and should always be regarded as a national treasure, and we are just so damn lucky to exchange memes with him and to have him on this show (laughs) amen to that absolutely i totally agree whole wholeheartedly all right mr chris ortiz signing off i'm matt bailey i'm chris ortiz reminding everyone out there to keep talking for two you can hear more show business interviews with the stars at talkfor2.com